Hi, this is Jim Labato, and I'm president and founder of a company called Performance Group. You're listening to the podcast version of a program that originally aired on the BizTalk radio show. I started BizTalk so you'd have access to today's leading experts about growing your company and yourself. BizTalk is produced by Performance Group. At Performance Group, we work at the front end of a company's revenue stream. We find the salespeople who generate the revenue, and we provide onboarding programs that get them doing that sooner. Our passion is aligning talent with opportunity. That's why we're known as a Salesforce development company. Enjoy the program. In getting prepared for our program today, I was reminded of a comment a manager made to me when he hired me as a sales manager and really one of my first sales management jobs. He said, you know, Jim, the job is easy. It's the people that drive you nuts. And to a certain extent, what he was passing along to me was his wisdom, and it turned out to be true, but mostly true because I would hire the wrong people. And then in my career, I've learned how to hire the right people. So when it comes to identifying and then finding and selecting the right people to join our team, we know that we're challenged in that area. And we know that getting the right people on our team makes all the difference in the world. And we often avoid what the cost is of bringing the wrong people on the team. Or we accept mediocrity and say to ourselves, you know, that's just the way it is. Well, it doesn't have to be that way. If you're struggling in this area, if you want further insight in this area, if you're trying to grow in this area, if you need A players to take your department or your company to the next level, then this is the program for you because we're going to talk tonight about recruiting, how to get top performers into your organization and take it to the next level. So in our program today, we have Dr. Brad Smart, author and president and CEO of Top Grading Incorporated. Brad is frequently acknowledged as the world's most foremost expert on hiring. As a consultant, Brad has introduced his top grading method to many visible global 1,000 companies and conducted in-depth interviews with over 6,500 executives. The resulting improvements in company performance have been featured on the cover of the Wall Street Journal and in many Fortune magazine articles and on CNN. In addition to his well-known top grading books, he has also written The Smart Interviewer, Tools and Techniques for Hiring the Best. Dr. Smart has generously offered to share with us his insights from his book, Top Grading, the third edition, the proven hiring and promoting method that turbocharges companies' performance. Brad, welcome to the program. Wow, Jim, that sounded like a mouthful. (laughs) (laughs) Who who wrote that? Who wrote that? I did. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Uh, My pleasure. Well, first of all, let's get some baseline here so our audience is... uh, online with what we're talking about. Give the audience the definition of top grading, what it means. Okay, and uh, forgive me, uh, it's a little bit facetious to begin with, uh, but I'm going to say why. It's the solution to the number one challenge every manager, every small company president, every large company has, and that's talent. And that sounds outrageous. I think I can justify (laughs) saying that. It's Top grading has broken the code for how to hire people, and your listeners are going to learn three common sense, just common sense methods they can use tomorrow morning to begin hiring better. And it has improved the talent of, yeah, huge companies like Barclays and General Electric and Honeywell and so forth. But frankly, I'm a small company. You're a small company owner. It's small companies who are hurt most by mishires. Uh, one or two mishires for you or me, Jim, and it could cost us our, our business. So for, for every manager, for every small or growth company owner, 
or forfeiture for large companies as well. To be able to solve the three problems that, that have prevented even Global 100 companies from, from hiring well. Well, I hope that's a contribution your listeners will find it worthwhile to, uh, to learn. Well, okay, wow, you're right, pretty bold statement. But you're on the third edition of Top Grading. And, you know, given the work that I do at Performance Group, which is recruiting, you know, high-performance sales professionals, you know, I was, I'm somewhat familiar with your work. I mean, you do stuff that uh, I pay attention to. For our audience, I mean, I mean top grading, uh, you didn't come up with this last month. You didn't, you know, sit in a corner somewhere and write a book on just great ideas. Uh, kind of give our audience the, the background. How did you get to this point? And then we'll get into how you're able to demonstrate this track record of increasing companies' performance using your methods of hiring. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. This is, this is not overnight, but I, I kind of... I was hiding in the shadows for literally decades, but here's what happened. Uh, I got a doctorate. You needed a Ph.D. in industrial psychology to be a management psychologist, you know, and help companies hire and promote better. I found my Ph.D. program to be almost worthless because there's no research to show that, that there were, were academics who, who found hiring high performers of interest. It should have been something I would realize beforehand. So I got out. I joined a firm, and I said, how good are we? We're management psychologists. We're interviewing candidates. We recommend them. Of the people we recommend, what percent turn out to be high performers? I don't know. You don't know. Interesting. What to the clients? And these are you know, a lot of well-known firms. What kind of success have you experienced hiring people on your own? Well, a lot of them did know. Only about one in four turned out to be high performers. Using us as management psychologists, how well are we doing? Well, about one in three. That's not very good. <laughs> That's not very good. So I, I don't. I, I went, spent the time to get a doctorate, and I'm with a consulting firm. I don't want two of, out of three of the people I interview to turn out to be mediocre or worse. With, with client companies, and so I became fanatic about, okay, exactly why do companies all over the world, I found, in doing the research that first year, they have horrible results hiring. And in the past, I hate to tell how many decades, Jim, but three-plus decades, we've done extensive research, and one out of four people in small, large, mid-sized companies everywhere, one in four turned out to be the high performers we expected, we figured we'd paid for and three out of four disappoint or are terrible. If we lower the bar, Jim, so that we consider someone who is only a slight mishire, good enough, we're not going to fire them, oh, then the statistics are reversed. Three out of four are okay. Uh, <laughs> that is just not good enough. Our guest is Dr. Brad Smart. We're talking about his book, Top Grading, the proven hiring and promoting method that turbocharges companies' performance. Brad, what are the challenges or the problems that people face in selecting the right employees? Everyone listening in who's a manager can say what the problems are. The problems are, one, dishonesty. Weak people, chronic underperformers, can lie in their resume and they can lie in their interviews. And because reference checks that they'll permit are with their buddies, next-door neighbor, their golfing buddies, and so forth, and worthless, they get away with it. Every book, as you know, Jim, and I do, every single book on how to get a job says explicitly or implicitly, lie in your resume, lie in interviews. 
They're going to ask you about these competencies. All right? Just, just magnify, exaggerate any accomplishments you've had to show you have that competency. And, oh, and when they ask you for times when you were not so well organized or not such a good team player, then, then, then give an example, make it up if you have to, that shows really this is a strength in disguise. So Forrest Gump could fake the interviews. So we have a one, two, three step process. Everyone in the world today, millions and millions and millions of people are going to be in, are being screened today. And weak underperformers will lie and get away with it. They'll lie on the resume. They'll lie on the interviews. All right. And there's no good verification because they get to control who the reference calls are with, and it's just their buddies. And here's how I kind of crack the code. I have a truth serum that works. It doesn't cost anything. It can say it in one minute or less. And then the next step is to have a very thorough interview. Hey, if you motivate people to be totally honest, why don't you ask them about their whole career? This is a fun, exciting, revealing interview. And then finally, why don't you have the candidate arrange for reference calls with their former bosses and others so you can verify your conclusions and everything they've said. And that's, that's what it is. And it's been working for many, many years. Trouble is, I didn't have an organization, and, uh, and, and not many people knew about it. But in the past uh, five, six, eight years, we've devoted everything in Top Gridding Incorporated to help train you know, managers to be able to use uh, this information and uh, and dramatically improve their success hiring. Well, oh, Brad, what you're what you're saying is it sounds so commonsensical. Why haven't we figured this out on our own and companies and and go out and implement implement this? What you just talked about? Yeah. Well, it, it took a Jack Welch to do it. You know, I got off the history, but I did this on my own. Jack Welch found me, and he became my number one client for about 15 years. He was the most respected CEO at GE. GE was the most respected company. And when Jack Welch did it, and more than tripled their success hiring and promoting people in the most respected company, a lot of people did then want to copy them. So, you know, buy my books and come to the workshops and all that kind of good stuff. But, you know, when I heard it, take – I'm back in the 1970s, and I am frustrated because I think I made, a, made a, a career mistake, and I'm trying to figure out how to get people to be honest. And it just occurred to me when, when someone was, sorry to use the term, BSing me. I knew it in an interview. I, I, you know, you can tell by their body language. They're looking away. They're kind of smirking and so forth, and they have follow-up questions, and they can't answer them. And, and it just, I got frustrated, irritated, and, I, and I, I remember looking the guy in the eye, and I said, here's what I'd like to do. For all the bosses you've had in the past decade, as a final step in the, in the hiring process, I'm going to recommend this to my client, but I want to ask you, would you do it? Would you arrange reference calls with those former bosses? And he wouldn't. A couple days later, I'm interviewing a really sharp person. I said, hmm, I think I'd do the same thing. As part of the process, how would, how would this be? Would you be willing to arrange for reference calls with your former bosses and maybe others, peers? Oh, yeah, I'd love to. Yeah, Mary, frankly, I think they're going to sing my praises. Sure. So, whoa, I hit on it. And it took about, you know, six or eight months to really refine it. But then all my clients, my clients were doing it, not just me. The clients were telling candidates from the first step in the hiring process. They would say, and this is the truth term, this is it. If you, do, if you don't hear anything else in this recording or podcast, you know, use this. Tell candidates 
that a final step in hiring is for them, not you, for them to arrange reference calls with former bosses and others that you pick. As simple as that sounds, ah, there have been literally millions of candidates that have been screened with this, and when people hear it, the C players drop out, they immediately realize, oh, my fictitious resume, I'm not going to get away with that resume, and I do not want to go in the interviews and then have to try to make up stories for a couple hours about successes that never existed. They just drop out, good. We didn't want to talk to them anyway. But the sharper people, the higher performers, they love arranging those calls to the former bosses. They love the in-depth interview where they can walk down memory lane about this accomplishment, that accomplishment, blowing away that sales. You know, just it's a really fun, positive process, and it's an honest process. It's sort of like it's sort of like Angie's list for <laughs> for hiring. That's all it is. You bring honesty in. Well, okay. If, if the candidates are going to be honest, then let's have a, a more extensive interview, and the top-grading interview takes them through their full career, exactly what they did, how they did it, their successes, their failures, how their bosses would rate them, and so forth. This is a fun interview. But you don't just leave it at that at the end. Yeah, you ask the candidate, would you please arrange for reference calls with these people, and the sharp ones will come back within 48 hours, and email you and say, here are the six people you want to talk with. Yes, they're all willing to talk. Here's their uh, mobile number and when they're available. And you do that, it, yeah, this is where the, the common, yeah, it's common sense, and it works all the time. Uh, and it, to answer your question, it took, frankly, the most respected company in the world to do it, to make others say, you know, maybe I should do this as well. Yeah, well, thank you for that background. You mentioned in your books... Yeah, that uh, you look for patterns in people. And I thought, well, first of all, you're one of the first people uh, that I've talked to who, who understands that people have patterns. I had, a, I had a, uh, a consultant tell me one time, he says, you know, Jim, companies have patterns of performance because people have patterns. Mm-hmm. And if you have people with better patterns, you have better companies. And it's made so yeah, much right. sense to me. But, you know, that's, that's again, that's, that's one thing I think people miss in interviews. They don't understand people have patterns. They have patterns of mediocrity or patterns of success. Right. So right. share with our audience some of the patterns you look for in people when you're interviewing them, regardless of the, the position they're, they're applying. Yeah. Maybe if I could, I'll start with... Sure. How most companies screen people today yeah. is with round robin, forty-five minute competency or behavior interviews. Yeah. <laughs> so they identified, you know, that the job requires someone who is well organized and a team player. Okay, those are two competencies. So the interviews they they use give all the power to the candidate because the questions are: Can you give me an example of a time you were well organized? Can you give me an example of a time you weren't so well organized? But the candidate gets to pick, gets to pick it. It's, it. It's like a Heisman Trophy winner, and you say, can you show me a video? And they just pull out you know, the three most, you know, most uh, impressive minutes in their, their senior year in college. Wait, wait, that, how do you know if there's a pattern there? They, you know, so to get the pattern, the top grading interview is that chronological interview. So there's education years, and then maybe the person has had six jobs. So 
the patterns go across every single question in that interview guide, okay? So that first job, you know, it's maybe 15 years ago, this is what you did, okay? So how you did. What were your successes? You ask about the successes. The pattern of successes across a career have a person repeatedly not giving up. They're resourceful. There are challenges. They welcome the challenges. They surmount the barriers, whereas C players, weak people, oh, they're overcome. They didn't tell me that it would be so challenging. I didn't have the resources. My boss wasn't very good. They have a pattern of excuses, all right? When you ask about what were your mistakes, we all make mistakes. What are your mistakes, failures in that job? Sharp people will tell you. They'll look in the eyes, you know, Jim, as you know, and they'll admit it. Oh, my God, that was my first job. I couldn't believe it. I was a sales rep, and someone would, would reject me. I would give up. No way. I learned by my third job, you don't give up. Five, six, seven, eight, ten times, you have to be resourceful and figure out how to get to people. Those patterns are cool. How about you, whoever the listener is? You're a hiring manager, right? All right. How would you like to know how the person will report to you if this is going to work out or not? It's the pattern. So across six jobs, this candidate had six bosses, maybe more, and you ask, it's right there in the interview guide, you ask, how would you describe Pat Jones, uh, her strengths, her weaker points from your point of view? You find out what they like and don't like in a boss. Maybe, maybe you're controlling. You want to know what people are doing. You want call reports put in. Maybe the candidate is so independent that they have repeatedly just graded when their boss required this call report or that report or whatever. Not that you're good, they're bad, or vice versa, but the pattern of, of how well they worked with bosses and what they liked and disliked, if you just looked at that, nothing else, that would be really, really useful. But with a top-grading interview, you look at the patterns across everything, all their key decisions, their relationships, and their work habits right up to the present, so you have some confidence that, that that evolving pattern to today that you really understand is going to exist next week and next year. Yeah, Don Yeager was on our program here Oh, yeah, recently. cool. Yeah, he wrote the book uh, Greatness, The 16 Characteristics to True Champions. And I, yeah. and I can't quote Don exactly, but you can listen to the podcast. But he's, and he had a lot of great things to say because he's interviewed all these great athletes who perform at high levels over their entire career. And he said, well, he said, I get tired of, of people coming up to me and says, well, I'm great at this and I'm great at that. And Don says, no, you had a great moment. Yeah, yeah. He says, really great people have great patterns. Yeah, yep. Again, so obvious. But when we interview, we don't take the time to look at and discover what those patterns are. Our guest is Dr. Brad Smart. We're talking about his book, Top Grading, the proven hiring and promoting method that turbocharges companies' performance. In addition to Dr. Brad Smart sharing his expertise on recruiting, you can find other experts that have shared their wisdom with us here on BizTalk. These are available as podcasts on our website and cover business topics in the areas of recruiting, leadership, marketing, performance management, sales and sales management, and, of course, personal development. You can download these podcasts from our website, biztalkradioshow.com. That's B-I-Z, talkradioshow.com. Brad, it's not uncommon for companies to do group interviews, these round-robin interviews where they have several managers interview their applicants. Share with our audience 
the effectiveness of using these round-robin type of interviews? I met with the number one HR executives, human resources executives, at the largest 100 companies in the world. Every single company uh, used those round-robin yeah. so-called competency or behavior yeah. interviews. Matter of fact, you know, in, in top grading, uh, in the third edition of top grading, say we've identified 12 steps we think all contribute to hiring success, and including some round-robin interviews in there is step number six. Uh, why? Not because they're so revealing about the candidate as how important it is to candidates to meet with others on the team and say, what's the boss like? What's the culture like? How are decisions made? A players, frankly, demand it, so you better give them an opportunity to talk to some more people. <laughs> no, you're, you know, that's very insightful. Uh, we had a chance to sit in on a round robin that a, a client did recently, four or five managers in the room, and the first candidate came on, and, you know, of course, they do their question, which is fine. The candidate then went, okay, now, he says, I got specific questions for each one of you. Right. And he went, and this, so this candidate's interviewing the four interviewers. How did you interact with this department? Well, you, mm-hmm. you report to the guy I'm going to report to. Tell me one thing about them that you don't like. And yeah. I thought, buddy, you're probably yeah. going to get this job. And then yeah, right. a half hour later, we had, we had another candidate. And the guy, and at the end, do you have any questions? Well, no. And, you know, thank you for your time. And I thought, well. Uh-huh. But people forget that the A players, in my experience, they're interviewing the companies just as hard as you're interviewing them. Right, because, you know, if they don't, and it turns out to be a mistake, then say, hey, well, what kind of due diligence do you This is a key judgment. Why didn't you have the interest, curiosity, or resourcefulness to figure out what you're getting into? Yeah. Is that how you get into stocks and bonds? What kind of record would you have there? <laughs> uh, well, that's what uh, – about- yeah, because I've, I've – uh, screen candidates who said, well, I went here, and then they, that was a mistake, and then I went to work for this company, and they went bankrupt, and I went for this company, and they got bought, and I thought, buddy, you're poor at picking companies. <laughs> well, and, and there's a pattern, uh, Jim, again. There's a pattern of making wrong decisions, poor decisions, without having done research, maybe not having the guts to ask the Tusk, whatever it is. That's not a very good pattern, you know, and then they blame the company. Well, they didn't tell me about the economy who had declined or you know, yeah. the boss is, is an, an autocrat or it's very hard to work with manufacturing or whatever it is. But yeah, it's, again, that, that pattern of, of bad outcomes that are very much traceable to the candidate who didn't do their due diligence. And speaking of records, I, I probably should have said this a little bit earlier, but uh, someone listening in you know, and, and wanting to know about patterns and so forth might be thinking, what kind of track record does top grading have and you don't even have to buy the book but if you want to see 40 case studies in which the average improvement in hiring was from 26 percent to 85 percent high performers just go to www.topgradingcasestudies.com have that for a couple of reasons one be in interviews like this and then someone can just go to topgradingcasestudies.com. They can do it right now. Okay, the first thing is a master chart. It has companies, big ones like GE, American Heart Association, small companies, growth companies. Some of these companies have multiple divisions. It's over 100 countries. And 
and read a full case study, but you can just read the master chart and say, wow, over 300% on the average. And then the case study has the interviews with the CEO and so forth. How did you do it? What would you recommend? What are your insights? The reason for doing that, Jim, is if I had all that in the book, it would be an 800-page, 1,000-page book. So in the book, there are just half-page versions of those case studies, plus a couple others that are longer. But the www.topgradingcasestudies.com is being refreshed all the time. So the book was published in 2012. There are already changes. Some of these companies are more profitable. Oh, by the way, how about this? I should have said this a long time ago. Every CEO says, my company is more successful because of top grading. So you're talking about patterns. That's one pattern that I'm really kind of proud of. And the, the common sense method, use the truth serum, thorough interview, have the candidate arrange for reference calls. It really does work. You know? <laughs> Share with our audience some of the common mistakes you see people implementing in their hiring process. It is so standard. We... We do it, you know, you, you're an expert in the sales process, and, and we talk about it all, all the time with my sales and, and uh, customer services people. Uh, I have to ask them, you know, how they're doing it now, even though we can guess. You know, you've got to get, their, get them talking, you know, their prospects and so mm -hmm. forth, get them talking. It's screened from resumes. It's the short interviews. Sometimes they're not even as systematic as the, the competency interviews a lot of bigger companies use because they have standard interview guides. Everybody asks the same questions for EEO purposes and so forth. There are tests that are thrown in there, and I, I wish the personality tests were better. I, you know, as a you know, PhD psychologist, joined a firm of psychologists. We and, and others across the nation who are psychologists administered tests, administered, I administered past tense, and then did interviews. But the test, to me and others, turned out to be Mickey Mouse. There are now about 35 top grading professionals in my company and my son's company. And most of us have PhDs in psychology. We all, all those who had the, uh, got the PhD, uh, originally used a lot of tests. And we've just thrown the tests out. We find them not, not contributing much. And I think the way they were validated is very deceptive. So I'm not a believer in, in personality. I, w I would love to, but just don't think. I think they screen out as many A players as C players, unfortunately. But tests, if someone's listening in and use tests of abilities, you want to know if someone knows something or can do something, a lot of those are, are great. Uh, one of the problems, I've kind of already mentioned, is if they do any reference checking, it's with the references that the candidate provides and how often are those the bosses? You know, well, not as often as you certainly would want. <clears throat> and then on top of all that, all <laughs> managers are lousy interviewers. And, you know, just don't do it enough. They're not trained enough. And so, you know, I do a little promotion. We have the online tools that, that uh, candidates fill out, uh, a career history form. It produces a picture of their career. And then the hiring manager pushes a button, and they get the top grading interview guide printed out right there with 100% of what the candidate had said about himself or herself in the career history form. Ask these questions for every job and then plans for the future and so forth. Ask those questions, all right, and you're on target. Trouble is, as you know, Jim, people 
who are, who are not skilled at interviewing ask hypothetical questions. How would you handle this? How would you handle that? Or the competency questions. Can you give me a, an example of, of a time you planned very well? I just, you know, just it's so easy for Forrest Gump to, to fake through those. So, you know, those are the mistakes that that lead to the bad decisions three out of four times because dishonesty reigns, the candidates control the interview process, and you don't do any verification. It's so predictable. You know, we hear it again and again and again. And, uh, and sometimes, by the way, some of your listeners will find uh, if they want to introduce the top grading methods that, uh, that human resources departments uh, might be offended uh, they're kind of set in their ways. The other managers maybe like having the latitude to do whatever the heck they want uh, in interviewing people. And so what it takes is someone, just someone, to do it a couple of times. And when they start getting the measured better results, then, uh, then, then others say, yeah, it's just common sense. Why, don't we, why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so, Brad, you're with the company president today. The one piece of advice you're giving them is what? Well, we had a uh, top grading workshop the past two days. We have them every quarter, 40 people in there, a bunch of presidents. And, you know, this sounds selfish, but you know, my vision is to, to see top grading help the world be more successful. Uh, there's a whole lot of misery. Uh, millions of people in poverty would come out of it if, if companies would do significantly better hiring if small businesses that create 80% of the jobs wouldn't go out of business and so forth. And so I say, hey, I've, uh, I'm not making any money at this, but I've developed these online tools, the top grading snapshot. You can try them tomorrow. You know, go to top, www.topgradingsnapshot.com. Do a couple of freebies. Try it. If, you know, if it doesn't just blow you away with how obviously you're, you know, you're going to hire better than, than forget it. Uh, but try it if you like it. Uh, it uh, it's really priced low these days. So what it all amounts to is, hmm, you go to work tomorrow, there's a candidate for a job. Just send them a link. Say, well, thank you for sending your resume. The next step is to complete a uh, career history form. They fill it out. You get it. You get the career history form. You get the picture, the top grading snapshot, the picture of their career. So that, and I just took you through this uh, an hour ago, Jim. You know, instantly you can tell if the person's a job hopper or not. You can tell what the person's full compensation history is. They tell you how their boss would rate them, and they do it honestly because that truth serum has been injected. And then if you're impressed, yeah, you can pick up the phone, do a phone interview, bring them in. You push a button, and there's the top grading interview guide. Just ask those questions in red, you know. And then as a final step, ask the candidate to arrange the reference calls with those former bosses. And so you, you could do it, you know, in the next few days if you want to get started and try it. And it's kind of like trying, you know, a, a tennis racket maybe with that, that big head if you've never done that, or skis, these short parabolic skis are so easy to ski on. Or if you haven't golfed for 20 years, you know, these, these uh, big head golf clubs, it's just like instantly better, you know. <laughs> and, and it's not something weird. There's no weird psychological test or something out there. Absolutely. All is bringing honesty and efficiency to hiring. So, you know, company presidents, yesterday afternoon, what's the one thing I should do? Hey, try these online tools out, Top Grading Snapshot. Give me a call. We'll talk further. Thanks for joining in on the conversation. Our guest is Dr. Brad Smart, author of Top Grading, 
the proven hiring and promoting method that turbocharges company performance. If you're looking at other resources to improve your company's performance, they're available on the website in the form of podcasts and blogs. Go to biztalkradioshow.com. That's B-I-Z, talkradioshow.com. Brad, when you're with company presidents, what concerns are they sharing with you? Yeah, and that's, you know, that's my whole career is, frankly, interviewing 6,572 candidates for very senior positions. <laughs> it's a lot of interviews. Uh, and these days, it's mostly candidates for CEO of, uh, of companies. And then, of course, talking to the chairman of the board about, about those. The biggest concern is a mishire could be disastrous for a company. I've interviewed eight candidates for CEOs of, of, of companies, and there it's, you know, it's like with the board or the owners. We make a mistake here, this could kill the company. But, you know, for three to four decades, that's all I did. All these, you know, was a head of sales or marketing or, or IT, you know, and that CEO doesn't really understand IT, but if I make a mistake, you know, it could absolutely, information technology could kill the company. The costs of mishires are so staggering that uh, they worry that it would uh, adversely affect the performance of the company. I don't want to, you know, if someone's at home and they're sitting at their desk, I'll give you one more website, and that's www.topgradingcalculators.com. And if you want to estimate the cost of a mishire, the top grading form is by far the most used form for doing that. Take about 20 minutes if you're conscientious about it and go through a checklist of what the different costs are and the time wasted with a mishire. We do this in the workshops. We did it you know, a couple days ago in the workshop. The, the costs are always far, far higher than someone would have guessed just off the top of their head. So for a mid-manager, for example, earning $100,000, the, the estimated cost of a mishire is typically more than a million dollars and something like four to 500 hours of wasted time by everybody. It's just huge. And then there's, a, there's an advantage, a tremendous advantage to top graders who just aren't burdened with having to wipe the, uh, the, the noses and hold the hands of the low performers. The Top Grading Tips article coming out, if anyone wants to go to topgrading.com and, yeah, and just sign up for Top Grading Tips, uh, an article coming up uh, in a few weeks is Jack Welch's Secret Weapon. And what it was is, is frankly, top grading. Yeah, he mentions it in his books, and I mentioned my books. But, but for those who have not been in a, an organization that has 80 or 90% high performers, uh, it might be worthwhile reading that. And then it, just think, just think what it would be like if you didn't have any more C players in your organization or weak B players. The A players could soar. You need fewer people. Read those case studies. Case study after case study says, we, we, you know, with a downturn in the economy, we need to cut, you know, back. And and when we have A players, we have we have a, a team maybe of of 12 people. And let's be realistic: nine are A players, three are Bs. 
but before we had 20 people, including some B minuses and Cs, we're far more productive. We have fewer people. We're, we're, we're more successful. We're having a lot more fun. Kind of everything goes better with Coke. So in, in my discussions after all these decades, it, it's a vision of excitement. If there's an A player I put in this job, whether it's a sales manager wanting A players, you know, sales reps or, or, or presidents wanting better VP, vice presidents, they can envision what an A player would contribute, and they can also envision what a serious misfire, costly misfire, you know, what the damage could be. So, you know, I'm accustomed to being with those people who have a lot at stake. What well, we all do. We all have a lot at stake. I know I do. I have a little company. You have a little company. Every time we hire people, you know, we're, we're putting our company at risk. <laughs> Absolutely. Brad, is there one question today I should have asked you that I haven't? Oh, interesting. <laughs> and that's such a terrific question. Uh, no, you, I, you, you've done a, a wonderful job. You're very experienced as, a, as an interviewer. And people sort of casually interested, I, I suppose, that, you know, what, what, could they just, just go to topgrading.com and there's a bunch of free stuff there, sure. a free ebook. Uh, it's an ebook that describes all 12 of those hiring steps. And it's free. And hope you like it. Hope your, uh, your listeners try it and, and you get some good feedback. Uh, uh, that uh, it really has made a difference for, for some of them. Brad, thanks for being on the program. Nice talking to you, Jim. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the insights that Dr. Brad Smart has brought to the table today. You know, in the future, your products and services will no longer differentiate and give you the ability to get you the market share that you're looking for. It's going to be the quality of the people that represent those products and services that differentiate you in the marketplace. Do you have A players that represent the same quality that your products and services represent. That's the challenge. So what are you going to do about it? Step up to the plate in top grade or continue to hire B and C players? This or other BizTalk podcasts may be downloaded by visiting our website, biztalkradioshow.com, or you can subscribe to BizTalk through iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at BizTalk1040 and like us on Facebook. If you want to learn the strategies finding and getting performance out of A-player salespeople, contact Performance Group by calling 800-950-9509 or visit us on the web at pmgllc.net. This has been your host, Jim Lovato.